San Francisco 49ers deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, Stiff Farm going 99. Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline. It's the 49er Faithful UK show. So, how about them Cowboys? Four of six wildcard weekend games are done, and the Niners now know our opponents. We will face the number seven seeded Green Bay Packers on Saturday night, which is actually 1.15am Sunday morning UK time, after the Packers blew away the Cowboys, much to the hilarity of pretty much everyone. And to top it off, the Rams lost to the Lions in a tight game, so pretty much as good a weekend as could have been expected. I'm Gareth Ellis, and it's all smiles from Paul Hope. What's up, Fairfall? And Lee Gowland. Hey, guys. So, no Nagy on the show tonight, but we will struggle on without him and hope we will see him in, in the next show. Um, and the next show, we will do a proper look at the Niners-Packers game later in the week, but that's really where we've got to start on Super Wildcard Weekend with the Arlington beatdown. Um, Paul, kick us off. How much of this is Packers good and how much of this is Cowboys bad? Well... We talk about the fine margins in the NFL, Gareth. Um, when the Packers won the toss, most teams elect to let the other team get the ball. So they get the ball in the second half. But I'd seen a stat where apparently Dallas are something like 10-0 when they win the toss. And I think Lafleur was right. He opted to get the ball. Jordan Love, who I haven't seen much of this year because the Packers haven't really been a playoff team, so I haven't been keeping an eye on them, marched them up the field, then it was 7-0. Then it was 14-0. Then it was 21-0. Then it was 27-0. And I thought, there's no way that the Packers are going to collapse like the Chargers did last year. And I just think it set the tone. And I think it just shows sometimes, Gareth, being aggressive like Lafleur was in Dallas because nobody gave him much of a chance going in. And you said it at the start of the show, how about them Cowboys? We hear it every year. It's their year. Dak Prescott was MVP. But you can't take nothing away from the way the Green Bay Packers played last night for me and Jordan Love looked every bit as good as advertised as why he's been sat waiting for his chance behind Aaron Rodgers. What did you make of it, Lee? Do you think I've uh, covered all bases there? <laughs> well, I mean, you've covered your best shot, haven't you, mate? Um, I loved it. I absolutely loved that. Watching the Cowboys get absolutely battered. It was brilliant to watch that. Um, is it a case of the Packers were so good or the Cowboys were so bad? I think it's a it's a bit of a mix of both. Um I think the Cowboys did what they always do. The arse fell out of them. They the lost the bottle. They bottled it, choked, whatever you, you want to call it. I think Paul's right about Matt Lafleur. I, I think he was right to be aggressive. I, I saw a similar stat to what Paul was talking about. And I think um, I think the stat was at home, they were 2-8 and eight when the opposing team scores first. Which is quite a poor record it means they can't come from behind um, which is quite surprising at home as well because they've got a very very good uh, home record um, so I don't know where those two losses came from but uh, yeah I mean that, that kind of set the tone for the game on the very first drive that the Packers had um, you look at Dak Prescott and I, I think it's quite right to question why on earth people thought he was MVP material when he bottles it like that the 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 memes of um, Jerry Jones in a uniform saying I'll handle this myself, boys. I thought that was great as well. Obviously, I mean, you know what I feel like about the Cowboys, about the Rams. Um, so to me, I was over the moon watching that. Jordan Love, I was very impressed with. 
Um, he's not going to get as much time in the pocket next week. I can guarantee you that he's going to be pressured a lot more. So it's going to be interesting to see how he handles that. As far as the crowd is concerned, I don't think it's going to be that much different from last night. I think it probably is going to be the, the same level of crowd noise. So that shouldn't phase him. But when you look at the Packers, I think the Cowboys potentially made them look good last night. You look at the last eight, nine games the Packers have played, and they've played some, played some pretty poor teams. They've played teams that got into the playoffs as well, but the teams that got into the playoffs haven't been particularly playing great. You had the Rams, you've got the Steelers, you've got the Chiefs. I mean, the Chiefs' record wasn't great this season. They've been misfiring all season. Yes, they went and beat the uh, the Dolphins, but they're playing at Arrowhead. So I think the quality of opposition in the back end of the season to, to get them to the point where they're scraped into the playoffs hasn't been great. And like I said, last night watching Dallas, I was very surprised at how poor they did actually look. They really struggled on defence. Um, I think they have all season, to be honest. I think some... I'm going to call them lucky results. In fact, the offence, the offence has carried the team. They've got this much-vaunted defence, and that's all people talk about, but I think it's the offence that have getting them into the playoffs because of the amount of uh, points they've been scoring. So, mm, yeah, I think, yeah I, th- I think they've been caught out. I think they've come up against a team that can score just as many points as they can, and because they're missing one of their better pieces, um, Trevon Diggs, and they've been missing them pretty much all season as well. Last night was one game too too far for them. But it was good to see the look on uh, Mika Parsons' face as well. Gotta give him it this. Was. Gotta it give was. him this, Gareth. At least Dallas have figured out how to lose before the divisional round. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're just you know cutting out cutting out that extra travel, aren't they? Uh, doing their bit. Uh, it was. Uh, I must have. I didn't stay up and uh, and watch the game. I had a few raised eyebrows when I woke up and saw saw the result. Um, the Cowboys just, I don't think they turned up. They looked poorly prepared and they didn't look like they really had a game plan. It looked like they believe their own hype, don't they? They, I think they thought turning up was enough to put away the Packers. And the Packers came and set about their business from that first snap. Um, and, and I think just surprised Dallas, smacked, smacked them in the face in the first quarter and Dallas never recovered. Um, and some of that, of course, is, uh, is on Dak because obviously the pick six, and the interception um, are really what suddenly gets the game away from you. I mean, we'll we'll touch on the Browns uh, Texans later, but it was similar to that. Suddenly, there's a pick six, and the game's just got away from you, and then it just turns from bad to worse. Um, and I think that just ultimately the final score flatters the Cowboys immensely. It makes it look like they weren't embarrassed when they, yeah. to be honest, absolutely were in their own house. So, so I've got to say, <laughs> when I was watching that first, the first drive, in fact, the first couple of drives by the Packers, I, I was very happy that I turned around and said, the Packers are going to need to do something differently. They're going to have to run more than what they pass, because generally they pass a lot more. It's, it's about a, a 40 to 60 split. So the past 60% of the times run 40. And they, they kind of did exactly what I said. They tried to run on them a lot more than what they were passing initially. Mind you, I also said what they have to do is make sure that they didn't run towards Demarcus Lawrence. And two out of the very first three runs <laughs> went straight into Demarcus Lawrence. Um, but then they kind of got the idea and they ran away from him. 
Um, and I, th- I think that was the right call. So Run on the Dallas Cowboys, and then that opened up the passing lanes. And like I said, I, I was very impressed with Jordan Love. I thought mm. some of the passes he was making were, were beautiful. They were, I would say, in the reasonably tight windows because he was just getting them over the um, over the defender, and it was just dropping very nicely into the receiver's hands. He didn't he didn't make the receivers do too much to actually make the catch. So I think that was good from that perspective. Um, I know we're not going to look ahead to next week's game too much, but what I'm just going to say is it's two very good young quarterbacks. And it's exciting for the league, not not just yeah. ourselves, but for the neutral. I think they'll they'll watch that game just to watch the two quarterbacks. I mean, Dallas did come into this season, Gareth, very bullish, wanting to make history. Mm-hmm. And they have made history because they're the first <laughs> number two seed to lose to a number seven seed. And Brett Sinclair, you're probably going to chuckle at this, but yes, I have a friend who's a Cowboys fan, my friend Chris. He's normally quite level-headed, apart from when they're playing well. And he sent me a text this morning, Gareth. Just awful. Our run defence was missing. We weren't covering anyone. They were wide open all game, and it's the worst I've seen us play in years, which is weird considering the season we had. And I text him back with the meme that Lee mentioned with Jerry <laughs> Jones putting the helmet on saying, that's it, lads, I'm going in. And, you know, it's been great to see the atmosphere on the group like you, Gareth. I watched the first half of the game and then it was done. So I kind of didn't really bother with the second half. And I've seen the Discord chat. I've seen the tweets. And you said it better than anyone at the start of the show. The Cowboys losing. The Rams losing. The lad who lives across the road, Gary, Rams fan, I haven't seen him in about 18 months. And this morning I'm going to work and there he is. I'm like, morning, mate. He was like, I already know the score. It's all right. I was like, oh, I wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> Big smile on my face. But yeah, it was definitely strange, I think, given the fact that, like you said, there were 20 points up at half time. You just don't see that in the playoffs unless you're a Chargers fan. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I think Dallas just, just had no answer and just looked poorly prepared. And I think, well, I'm uh, we're recording this Monday. I'm surprised McCarthy's still there. I know we yeah. know Jerry Jones doesn't do the knee-jerk reactions, but I think McCarthy and probably Quinn are both done at Dallas. I, I don't know how you come back from that and bring potentially the locker room and certainly the fan base with you to have another crack next season um, and instill any belief. Um, do you think they're both out the door? Without a shadow of a doubt, like you, I'm absolutely gobsmacked that he wasn't fired at the end of the game because it was such an embarrassing defeat. Embarrassing and that's what it was. <laughs> I mean, I said on Twitter, this game is definitely a game where you can use the word shellacking. It was a, <laughs> it was a bloody good shellacking. And... I am very surprised Jerry Jones didn't go into the uh, the post-game conference and uh, we've relieved Mike McCarthy of his uh, duties. He's out of here. Because he kind of said that at the start of the season. It'll depend on how, how we play and how far we go as to whether or not we're going to have a change of coach next season. He's got to be out the door. I know we're a 49ers podcast, Gareth, but I did see the tweets this morning saying, how's Belichick not already mm. marching with his Dallas Cowboys hoodie sleeves yeah. put off? And like you said, Lee, where where did they go? They came into the season, Jerry Jones was very clear, we, we need to have a playoff run. And do the players buy back in, Gareth? I mean, win the playoff game. We, we've seen this, you know, there was all the talk with Harbour, then we went to Shanahan, and sometimes you think, like you said, Lee, it was men against boys, and the Green Bay Packers were supposed to be 7.5 underdogs. They're a young team. They're not supposed to go into Jerry World 
and put on that performance. I mean, Love finished 16-21, 272 yards, three touchdowns. He would have had a perfect passer rating. They sat him, but then when the Cowboys looked like they were making somewhat of a comeback, they put him back in, and I think he had a couple of throws go amiss. But uh, yeah, you're rightly, I did see, I think David Lombardi tweeted out, the battle of the heavyweights next week, Jordan Love, Brock Purdy. And if you'd said yeah. that at the start of the season, a lot of people might have laughed at you, but the graph that he shared... They're the two standout quarterbacks. So, like you said, Lee, it's going to be great for the league for years to come. Oh well. So, so while I don't want while I don't want to disagree with you there, obviously there was another game on Saturday mm. night where the quarterback played absolutely out of his yeah. skin, and that's CJ Stroud. Some of the throws he was making were unbelievable. It is an exciting time again. They keep on saying this, where it's passing over. Uh, it's passing from the old guard to the new guard, yeah. the, the young talent. And that kind of happened when Mahomes, Josh Allen came in. But now you look, look at the likes of Purdy, Jordan Love, CJ Stroud. They all look like long-term franchise quarterbacks. So it, it is. It's very exciting. It, it almost feels as though the whole league, quarterback play-wise, is going up. It's increasing. It's getting higher. And it can only be a good thing for the NFL fan. And you mean all those people who laughed at us when we wanted to go younger at the quarterback position? So you think Kyle Shanahan was onto something with with the trade for a certain player that the Dallas Cowboy fans were crying out for? Gareth, <laughs> I saw plenty of tweets asking for number fifteen to come on instead of the MVP. Yeah, well, what what have you got when you're that that much in a hole in the third quarter? You may as well try and get something out of the game, right? And you something to spark it up. But yeah, I think that's it's it's an exciting time. There has been, the, I think, a bit of a drop off where we saw the old guard retire, and obviously uh, Brady's come out and said that there's a lot of mediocrity in the league. I think there's been a lot of quarterback injuries this year. Um, there certainly has been, I think, in the last few years. But there is potentially, if. Uh, Certainly a few teams in the AFC, perhaps if the Chargers can get a decent coach and, and uh, Justin Herbert is regularly... I, I honestly thought you were going to see a quarterback there. Well, uh, coach and quarterback, obviously. Um, if the Chargers can sort that out, there could well be some uh, regular AFC matchups. And yeah, it could be, we were talking about Purdy versus Hertz. Maybe it's Purdy, Love and, and Hertz in the NFC. Um, and Dak, obviously. Um maybe facing off in, in divisionals and wild cards and, and championship games for the next decade. Um, we could be on the on the edge of an exciting time, couldn't we? But we, I think we've been there before and there's been a few false storms, not necessarily from us, but that idea of suddenly a crop of quarterbacks being uh, on good teams and seeing those rematches in the postseason year after year after year, as, as we've seen um, perhaps... Uh, uh, a few years ago. Exciting. Anything else? I think we should talk about the Texans game as well, but anything on the um, Packers-Cowboys to revel in while we get the opportunity? I, I'm I'm a bit disappointed with the Packers, to be fair, because it's usually it's our job to knock out the Cowboys and they, they've robbed that, robbed us of, of that simple pleasure this year and we should take our revenge next weekend. So it's, it's probably a good time to answer Alex Simpson's question, even though we haven't mm. talked about the Detroit Lions. I think it was more geared towards, obviously, the Packers-Cowboys game. Um, I just need to find a copy of the uh, the question now. That, you just you talk amongst yourselves. Why, Lee, looking for the question, all I wanted to say, Gareth, so is 
for 49er Faithful UK fans, if you've got your bingo card out there, you can tick off Dak Prescott turnover in the playoffs. And there's your moments, because we've talked about the Dallas Cowboys giving us all these moments. And as soon as he threw that, and Alexander just jumped the route, the pick six. I- I've got to say, I do love a pick six. And it was quite nice to see that one run back yeah. on. Yeah. I think Andrew was quite um, quite confused about why I was screaming so much when the Green Bay Packers uh, kept on picking Dak Prescott, uh, Prescott off. Did she not say uh, to you what Tracy said to me? The 49ers are not playing this week, Paul. Why are you watching football? Why are you cheering so excitedly? Isn't that your friend's team, the Dallas Cowboys? I was like, Tracy, Tracy, sit down. We have to have a conversation. <laughs> yeah, go, go watch Love Island. Right, question. Question for the pod boys of the 49er Fearful UK. Would you rather... Would you rather have seen the Lions and Cowboys beat each other up next week and not see the Lions have an easier match match up this week? So obviously, if the Cowboys had uh, won that game, then who we'd likely to play? We'd have likely to be playing either the Bucks or the Eagles. Um, see, I don't think I don't think the Lions and Cowboys would have been a particularly physical game. If I'm understanding the question right, um, if if we'd rather watch the uh, the Lions Cowboys beat each other up next week, because I th- I think the Lions defense is still suspect. I think they're great on offense, um, even though the only scored what was a twenty uh, twenty four points. Yeah. Um, I think they've got a really good offense as long as. Um, Jared Goff has time in the pocket, which again, I was, I was quite happy. Uh, quite happy, I said that on the preview show. Give him time in the pocket, and he's a very, very good quarterback indeed. You, you look at the matchup between Stafford and Goff, which was obviously, I, I wouldn't say it was a needle matchup because it, it wasn't between them two. It was between the teams that uh, originally drafted them, but there wasn't much in it. That they both ended up with a hundred and twenty point whatever passer rating when in a clean pocket. So there was two very good quarterbacks on display there. Um, I don't particularly think the Lions would have beaten up on the uh, Cowboys. And in the same vein, I don't think the Cowboys would have particularly beaten up on the Lions either. In fact, I think had the Cowboys come up against the Lions, it's, it's you can argue that have taken a bigger beating against the Lions in Detroit than what they took against the Packers in their own stadium. What do you think? Do, do you agree? Disagree? Would you want to see us um, play the Lions in the NFC Championship game if we make it there? We still still could. Oh yeah, yeah, we still could. I'm not, but I, I would have thought Lions uh, Dallas might have been a, an interesting matchup. Obviously, the Lions would have had to have gone there, and there was that tight game with the strange. Um, designated player call and the refs um, botch up at the was it only two or three weeks ago, so I think that might have added a, a little bit of extra something to the game. Um, but so um, as long as they're not easy games, I think the uh, the Packers have potentially had a fairly easy game, whereas the Lions had to go all the way to the end. I'd have preferred to to see the uh, Packers Cowboys be a bit of a closer game. So I think the Packers uh, ended up picking up a couple of injuries, significant injuries to to top players. Yeah. Um, and as well as that, obviously, they're going to have a day 
sorry, a day less, less than us. Mm. And they're going to have a lot less than us because we've had uh, three weeks off. So we're going to be fresh. They're going to have to travel yet again. So they'll go from Dallas up to Green Bay, Green Bay up to San Francisco, Santa Clara, if you want to be technical about it. And... Um, yeah, they're going to be worn down. They've already got quite an injury list anyway. They're, they're missing the uh, the all star left tackle Bacchiatri. Uh, Easy Bacchiari. for you to say. I'm glad you mentioned yeah. that. I was not attempting that. <laughs> well, they're missing him. He's on IR. Bacchiari. Yeah, Bacchiari. Um And yeah, they, they are getting pieces back. The offensive yeah, line looked good I mean, last night, though, didn't it, Lee? Even though they're missing him, the offensive line did look good. And Micah Parsons is supposed to be the superstar. Didn't do much, did he, really? Yeah, I, I mean, no. t- two of the games over the weekend, I was very impressed with the offensive line of the Green Bay Packers and the offensive line of the Houston Texans. They, they seemed to be able to give their quarterbacks as much time in the pocket as they wanted. But again, like I said, that, that might be different come... come coming up against uh, San Francisco. The Browns were very disappointing indeed, um, not just on mm. offence, which which we'll get to later because <laughs> I really enjoyed watching Joe Flacco just completely crumble, um, purely because of 2012, of course. But I, I was really disappointed with them defensively as well. They, they just didn't seem to show up. They didn't seem to generate the pressure that uh, they've done previous weeks. And again, you look at that franchise and you've, you've got to ask, did they choke? Did they bottle it? What was the pressure too much that they're finally getting into the playoffs and that's it? They've just choked straight away. Well, I think was... you've uh, you've wandered straight into yeah, the Texans. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, you've not answered Alex's hole. question. But, go on, uh... yeah, answer Alex's question, then we'll go on to Texans, uh, Browns, because that was, that was fun. I think his so, logic... So... Yeah, go on, sorry, Link. So I, I was going to say, no, no, you, you, go, you go ahead. I think I answered it. <laughs> I can't remember. I've I was going to say, I think his logic was it looked like Gareth said it was an easier game for the Packers and at this stage yeah. of the season, you're looking at everything in your advantage. But uh, my good friend Andy, who was with you guys in the Super Bowl meet-up last year, Lions fan, he's absolutely giddy for a Niners-Lions <laughs> NFC Championship game. Um, I think I wouldn't have changed to answer Alex's question. I'm glad the way the outcome has gone the way it's gone because I don't think the Lions are in for an easy game the next round because if the Bucks win, I think that underdogs, nothing to prove. And if the Eagles win, I think they've got a lot to prove. So that could be a harder matchup than what he's given credit for. But I can understand the logic because there was a lot of 49ers fans celebrating the Rams-Cowboys going out and I think he was just playing a bit of devil's advocate. So I don't know whether that answers your question, Alec, but we've tried our best, buddy, so we appreciate the uh, the feedback. What about you, Gareth, before we move on to the other games? I think, didn't I answer it? I think I did. Maybe. Who knows? Yeah, yeah I think you were paying attention. It. Yeah. yeah. You, you yeah. preferred the Lions because they had a much harder game which went all the way to the end. Yeah. Oh, but that's all I put. I, I'm not bothered about the opponent. I don't think you can control it. It's it's fun to have a think about oh, who would you rather play, but ultimately I'll, I'll take whoever we uh, whoever we get. So, but yeah, so, Niners, Niners, uh, pack, uh, Packers. That'll be good for the next show. I look forward uh, to. Are we going to tick that off as actually talking about the Lions Rams game? You, you want to add something? That's yes, what you're saying. Yes. Go on, I, w- I want to add a stat that I found it's so very amusing. Go on, then. <laughs> very amusing indeed. indeed. So last night was the very first time a Lions fan has been able to text another Lions fan and say, we won a playoff game. 
It's the yeah. very first text that has ever been sent. <laughs> Our text is Niner's friend. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you see did you see Dan Campbell's uh speech in the locker room afterwards? No, I missed no. that. So um the GM of the Lions has had a bit of a storybook fairy tale getting to where he is, but that wasn't the bit what I was getting to. And they gave about a, a five minute interlude about this GM. He was a game ball. And then he said, Dan Campbell comes back and says, I've got another game ball. And he just looks at Jared Goff and he says, you'll effing do for Detroit. And he hands him the game ball and the whole room erupts. And to be fair, I was pleased for Goff because of obviously the way he, he left the Rams. And you said it well, Lee. Goff is a serviceable quarterback if the plate with strength. They give him time in the pocket. Mm. If the plate of play action, they've given them some weapons. And that game without any emotion, was highly enjoyable. I mean, the last quarter, it could have gone either way, and it looked like at one point Stafford was cooking, and the fact that it came down to one point is unbelievable. So I think it was a close game. It was always nice to see McVay looking a little bit salty on the sidelines and whinging on, but uh, yeah, like you said, Lee, good start that. First text ever mm-hmm. for a Detroit Lions fan. I like it. So I thought it was an interesting answer to a question that uh, Matthew Stafford uh, gave. So the question he was asked was, are you happy for Detroit after the game? I mean, all, all, all things aside, obviously, you've just been knocked out of the playoffs, but because of your history, the team that um, the team that drafted you, are you happy for Detroit? The answer he gave was, well, I'm happy for the players, which suggests he couldn't give a toss about the fans, the team, or anything like that. It was just, I'm happy for the players. Yeah. So it was an interesting well, answer. A little bit, bit of that. I think. Yeah, yeah, but you know, you've just been knocked out of a a tournament, haven't you? Effectively, so I, I must. I didn't really pay a lot of attention to this game. I saw the result, obviously. I watched the quick highlights. I think the only thing I've picked up on it was some criticism from McVeigh for punting deep in the fourth quarter when he was basically just about in Detroit's territory. And it does seem to be that some of that loss is is on McVeigh for a bit of poor clock management, not having the timeouts and and bottling it a bit when it came to uh, to punting at the end. Did did either of you guys pick up on that? Because like I say that's second hand information yeah. for me. Yeah, so I, I thought as not not as clock management, but as play calling there uh, left a lot to be desired. It, it was one of those situations where he thought, well, they could probably get this. That they don't really need to punt it. It's at such a stage of the game, you, you need to be aggressive in the playoffs. Um, but I can't believe I'm going to say this. To be fair to the Rams, they were absolutely robbed by the officials at the end. There was a holding, there was a pass interference, and there was a late hit on a defenseless defenseless receiver. All, all in the same play, all, all within all, all the space of a couple of uh, couple of seconds, and it wasn't called. I'm sure they've got huge sympathy from Saints fans for that. What did yeah. you think, Lee, of him not going for it before the half? Because I have a good friend, Andy Hodgson. Remember, drop that stat. If you score before half-time, yeah. you've got a good chance of winning the game. And they had the ball, and it just seemed to be that, like, I know you're not going to take a chance of a Hail Mary, but he seemed quite happy to just let the clock run out because he was getting the ball for the second half. Yeah. And I just thought, maybe, does that send a message? I just wanted yeah, your opinion. So, so I was quite surprised because Sean McVeigh's team's got uh, a, a record similar to what Shanahan had few seasons ago, that if he's behind at the half, he doesn't come back. And we, the vast majority of times, he loses. So, yeah, I was surprised. I thought he might have been a little bit more aggressive then. Because at least then, if he was aggressive then, he still had a whole half to correct that. 
and even Stuart would get the ball back anyway. Um, exactly. So, but that might have been at the back of his mind as well because Shanahan does that. If we do to get the ball back, he's not as aggressive as if we aren't going to get the ball back because he's desperate to put those points on the board before the opposition get the ball. Yeah, true. Anything else on the Lions Rams before we well, finally? One thing. I, I did say it was going to be a one point game. <laughs> did you? Yeah. I did, yeah. yeah I Mind you, actually, I did say yeah, the Rams would win. Yeah, that's twenty eight, twenty seven. It was a nice, fun game, though. That doesn't matter for the score prediction. So you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad it doesn't because I, I wouldn't be getting two points. I got the wrong winner, and I was, even though I was very, very close, I was still enough out not to get even two points per score. Two points, yeah. So speaking of uh, the predictions, I was going to call out uh, Naji on this one because he did call the Texans. Uh, win at the Browns. I think he said the Texans are going to yeah. have a party atmosphere. They're just going to go out and play. Um, and if the Browns aren't ready for that, they're going to get turned over. Um, yeah, surprised to see that result come in as well. Obviously, the couple of pick sixes, two pick sixes, um, I think four or five uh, um, snaps, that's quite a swing on the game. Yeah. But um, I think that the question here is can Texans win another one? And they win another two. So if I'm right, the Texans now have to go into Baltimore. And I think they've got the quarterback not, who can cause them problems. It's not set, I think, until... Because obviously if the Steelers, I think, turn over the Bills... That's right. You're right. Which is, it is unlikely. Highly but, unlikely. But then again, I think we were sat here Friday night. Well, no, we didn't say it was highly unlikely that the Packers could do it. We did all go for a Cowboys win. I, I do recall saying, I hope the Packers can do it, but I didn't really think they could. Um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, the Steelers, it is highly unlikely. I would say it's more unlikely than the Packers beating the Cowboys. But yeah, so anyway, Texans Browns. Yeah. Well, you've mentioned uh, CJ Stroud. Man, yeah. at the moment, he's he's been quite some fine, doesn't he? Yeah. And obviously, hats off to D'Amico for turning that franchise around about three years earlier than expected. Yeah, C.J. Stroud, he's very impressive for a rookie. Um, the touch he can put on the ball is unbelievable. It is all line. I, I think he needs to, once he gets proper money behind him, you know, um, once he's a, a veteran and he's got that uh, first proper contract signed, not his rookie contract, I think he needs to buy his all line some... Uh, some luxury gifts there because the O-line was impressive to watch. Very impressive. Um, and the thing that was stuck at the back of my mind is when I've watched Baltimore play, I think we can pressure uh, Lamar Jackson. I don't think we're going to have the same game as we had against them on Christmas Day slash Boxing Day morning. I think we can get pressure there. When I was watching the Texans last night, I thought, my God, how are we going to get pressure there? They've gone up against the Cleveland Browns, who've been destroying quarterbacks all year long, and they made them look ordinary. And I'm not so sure it's just the Cleveland Browns choking. I think they did such a good job. It was the O-line that basically led the win for them. And C.J. Stroud just needed to stand there and pick out whichever receiver he wanted, because he had plenty of time to do that. So at this point, Gareth, going to go down a gowland-shaped rabbit hole. Chicago Bears fans turn away 
because you could have had CJ Stroud, but your general manager decided to trade away that pick, stick with Justin Fields, and we all get flack for us taking a gamble on Trey Lance. And you're right, Lee. Um, when I was watching that game, I think people forget the Browns went into the lead, Gareth. It looked like the Browns were, were going to upset the party. I was the same page as Nadji. I thought the Texans would win. And it shows the coaching job D'Amico Ryans has done. The fact that they didn't panic. And like you said, Lee, he put the ball in the hands of his young superstar. And I was impressed. Yeah, the pick sixes though, Gareth, they definitely turned the game on its head. I mean, that one where he looked like he was about to get sacked and he just threw it up in the air like an alley-oop. What was he doing in the playoffs? I mean, there was all this talk, Lee, of Flacco being elite and maybe his team's going to pick him up. Like you said, all Niners fans enjoyed seeing him collapse. And it couldn't have happened to a nicer team after what happened to us earlier in the season. And a lot of the Browns fans were adamant this was their match, the Super Bowl. But I thoroughly enjoyed that game on Saturday. And so did Jay Peplow, who was texting me just as excitable as he was when he watches the Niners game, Gareth. So that was a good highlight to my Saturday night. Yeah, Texans are a dangerous team. I don't think anyone's going to face them. And I think there is, there's a little bit of similarity, perhaps, between them... Uh, and the Packers, both in the nature of their um, uh, win and the nature of the opponents, that I think again the Browns just underestimated. They thought oh, we'll just we'll we'll turn up and we'll smother their offense uh, and we'll grind out a win, um, as has been our game plan. And I think they looked a bit shell shocked in, in the same way that the Cowboys did. They they seem to be quite similar um, games, and I don't think anyone, I don't think the Ravens will be really relishing. Looking forward to the Texans. Obviously, the Texans now have to go on the road, but they will potentially have um, two days extra. Um, uh, sorry, not on the Rams, would they? Uh, so not on the Ravens because the Ravens haven't played. So I'm going to stop there before I embarrass myself further. <laughs> well, we'll just. It's like it's like we make it up as we go along, and then <laughs> I stop myself before I fell headlong into that rabbit hole. Well, I'll rescue you, Gareth. We'll put to bed the rumours that Nadji Karar isn't on the show tonight because he's after a Jimmy Ward jersey. And I know we give Nadji a lot of banter about Jimmy Ward, but it was nice to see the Texans' defence coming up and making some plays. I don't think any of us had 45-14, to no, Lee. I mean, like I said, the Browns went no. two scores up and the, the way they came back. I was very impressed with Nico Collins, as much as CJ Stroud gets a lot of the credit. Um, and I can't remember that other kid's name, number nine, who just did the roadrunner, Stroud just threw him the ball and he seemed to have like, what was it, 70 yards to take at the house and he just ran in a straight line. And I thought, wow, this Cleveland Browns defence is supposed to, like, like you have said, supposed to be scary and maybe it was just a game too far. Maybe they didn't come into this with the favourite tag sitting heavy because if you think with the Browns, they're not normally favoured going into games. But uh, I've seen a lot of uh, talk about Stefanski being coach of the year, very similar to Dak Prescott being MVP. For me, these are the games that cement those legacies. And if you're going to be coach of the year, you need to do something in the playoffs. If you're going to be the league MVP, you need to put your team on your back. But what do I know from this side of the pond, Gareth? What do I so, know? so technically, both MVP, Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year and Coach of the Year all end on the regular season. Yeah. So, so the playoffs are not supposed to count. But we all know the playoffs yeah. count. They're just yeah. not supposed to. But you're right, Lee. You talked about the the pass rush, and it was it was interesting to see. Maybe these young quarterbacks are shown what they can do when you give them time yeah. to adapt. Mm. Yeah, exciting times. The last game, um, Dolphins Chiefs. 
probably the the least interesting game of the uh, of the weekend so far. So I'm going to take much from this. I didn't see a single air snap in that game. No, the only one I haven't watched yet. So um, it's like it's nice if you like your cold weather field goals. Yeah, I was going to say that Buckner's technique for the field goal was very interesting. He kind of did like a swing and then planted his knee after he kicked it. I'm surprised you chaps haven't seen Carl check all over social media, showing his good lady the love yeah. because she made another one with those lovely jackets, which is great to see the Niners fans. We could always make something about us when, when there's nothing for us to talk about. Um, I wanted to mention, but you haven't watched it, so I don't know if you've seen the clip about Mahomes going helmet to helmet and a big part of his helmet comes mm. off because of the freezing cold and the crack. And you talk about the NFL being stickler for rules. Well, they just let him go to the sideline, change his helmet. There was no timeout. There was no flag on the play. And this is where I think people think, oh, there's um, there's teams being favoured. Now, mm-hmm. it's play safety. His helmet's cracked in bits. You've got to let him change his helmet. But the Dolphins looked poor. The cold weather could have played a part in it. Tua didn't look nowhere near as good. He's another one late that was in talk of MVP. Um, I think Tyreek Hill wanted it more than anybody else on the Dolphins team. But the Chiefs were very efficient, is what I would say, Gareth, and they never looked in any danger. Although Kelsey did not look anything like the Kelsey that I know. He was dropping passes and maybe weather. coming to the yeah. end of that. Maybe Yeah, the weather could play a part, but it wasn't the Kelsey that I'm used to seeing anyway. I think no one's no one's scared at the Chiefs, but yeah, that's, you can't underestimate Mahomes. That's right. That's right. There's still that little bit of fear in the back of your mind thinking mm. you know what they're capable of if everything's clicking into place. But uh, to be fair, Najee, Najee did say that was going to be a low-scoring, reasonably close game, and he got that one right. Um, I, I think, yeah, I echo what Paul said. Um, I, I think Kelsey over the last few games, not just uh, the game that I didn't bother watching at the weekend, uh, I think over the last few games he, he hasn't particularly looked sharp he hasn't looked interested um it could be the taylor swift effect who knows who knows but to be honest i don't care because the chiefs are another team i'd love us to batter in the super bowl mm. it can be the ravens it can be the chiefs I, I don't care who it is to be honest it can be any of the remaining teams in the fc as long as we batter them and bring home number six i do not care yeah so ryan's has gone further than mcdaniel's in the playoffs i said on the last show gareth there's a few dolphins fans Bubbling away in the background, a little bit irritable. I think that, similar to Dallas, they haven't won in the playoffs yet again. So the talk goes back to next year. But um, I said to you two chaps off air, I was out on visits today on my job. It was minus one on my phone. It was about minus five, minus six wind chill. And I thought, how on earth did they play that game on Saturday? Because I think it was minus 35 wind chill at one point. But it wasn't a game for the ages, Lee. It wasn't a Chiefs-Bills playoff game. But it's football and it's playoff football. So I was watching yeah. So I can understand exactly what you mean, Paul, because I went out for a run just after lunch today and it was minus seven wind chill and I went out in a pair of shorts rather than me thermal jogging bottoms. Well, and luckily, me boss had <laughs> authorised me to wear me Niners thermal bobble hat. So I did have a couple of interesting chats with some of the posties about uh, American rugby, as one of them called it. And he asked <laughs> who the Buffalo uh, Bulls were playing because he'd seen something about the snow game. So the NFL bringing people together all around the UK. Yeah, I think they, uh, the, the Dolphins got a bit of a, a beating. I think there there are potentially some questions. I think... People have talked about McDaniel, um, and I think the uh, the Lions win. I saw that the Dolphins 
haven't won a playoff game this millennium and they are now the only team in American sports to have not won some sort of playoff game um, in, a, in a year beginning with two. Uh, so that's quite a record from the, from the Dolphins. I think we forget just how poor they've been for how long and those fans are, uh, including a, a friend of mine, um, I'll, I've held off giving him a text. I'm going to um, let him let him digest it for a bit. But you do wonder whether uh, short-tempered owners, whether McDaniel might be one of the first firings out of the uh, the new Shanahan tree, which is sort of taking over the league. Because I don't think anyone's actually been fired yet. And I think Salah's probably safe. And I'm going to stick my neck out and say D'Amico Ryans is probably <laughs> going to be safe as well. So... Um, yeah, it would be would be sad to see, but I think I'd be very surprised if he gets fired this quickly. I'd be very yeah, surprised. And, and so I think he'll have at least another season. Well, he's yeah. done the Gareth Ellis curse now because Gareth Ellis called the Arthur Smith second before anyone else. Yeah, but you heard it here first. That's it. That's or, or was it not me that cursed it by saying, "Oh no, they've they've already said that he's coming back next year." Yeah, bit of both. But Andy Davies from across the pod, he's a, a Dolphins fan, and he messaged me at dinner. I'm mean, was like, "Seems wear out." Do you want to come in and talk about the Packers game end of the week? So I'm going to have to give him a few days to calm down because, like you said, he 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 was one of the ones, Gareth, that was like, I need to see my Dolphins win a playoff. He was that convinced that it was going to happen. He said whoever scored the winning touchdown, he was buying their jersey and he didn't care who it was. So he saved some money and he has to wait till next year now. Yeah, yeah. Well, there we go. They've saved him a bit of cash. So um, talking of leavings, one person who has definitely gone is Adam Peters. Uh, from the Niners' office and gone to the commanders to be their new general manager. Uh, I think everyone knows this is going to be quite a big loss. I think it remains to be seen quite how big. And I don't think any of us know quite how many of our uh, good draftings and how much of the work in uh, some of the successful trades we've had, how much is John Lynch and how much has been Peters. Not taking away anything from Lynch as the stated GM, but I think we know there's more to it it's more of a teamwork than it being just one guy in an office with a phone. Um, any of you guys got uh, insight into Peter's uh, departure from the Niners? I think it's going to be a lot bigger loss than what people are currently thinking it is. Um, when you look, so Adam Peters, I think he came in, was it the second or third season? So I think I think the first two or three, two or three drafts were all down to Lynch. But then he brought Peters in. And when you look at the, the quality that we've gotten through the drafts, a lot of the later years has been better than the early years. Although he did have, obviously, brought up, uh, he picked George Kittle, Fred Warner, um, Dre Greenlaw, a few others like that. But I think Adam Peters is very underestimated, which is why it's going to be a big loss. I kind of had hoped that the 49ers could have offered him the GM role because that was kind of... John Lynch would get that promotion. Um but I think I think it's a case if you've got a promotion to I, th- I think president of player personnel, something like that. Um but he still kept hold of the GM title. Now if that GM title was free, I think the 49ers could have offered that to Adam Peters. As long as it was a proper role, a real role. But we didn't do it, he's gone. And we'll soon find out uh, next year what our draft uh, class looks like and see how they perform, and whether or not it was Lynch or Adam Peters. What was interesting, Gareth, is if you think back to last year, Peters turned down the chance for Arizona and Tennessee. He turned down the chance to go and be interviewed, and it's new title Lee 
is the president of football operations. So I think the the, the talk last year, Gareth, was John Lynch was going to move upstairs and Peters was going to slot in. Now, whether Peters has got fed up, Lee, of waiting, because there was a the talk of Lynch going to be the front of the Amazon TV deal, make a lot of money. But I think Lynch is a football man at heart, Gareth, and I think he's thinking, do you know what? The TV money will still be there. And maybe he's, he's had cold feet, he's had second thoughts. I have seen some um, tweets, Lee, from like Lombardi and all the rest of them trying to downplay Peter's move and saying that they were preparing for it behind the scenes and there's been other people in the coaching tree taking the responsibilities and we might see a promotion from within. But it, it was interesting, um, especially because Washington already had a general manager that they took from us last year. So God knows what Maycock thought when he got the tweet to say, we've hired Adam Peters. <laughs> so uh, Whether they give him the role of president of football at Washington, but it seems that obviously the new owners at Washington are coming in, they're putting the right people in place. It'll be interesting to see who Peters chooses for his head coach and then seeing mm-hmm. what happens moving forward. But uh, I always try and be optimistic, Gareth, but uh, it's what happens when you're a good team. Your coaching staff gets raided. Like you've said there, we haven't seen anyone fired yet from the Shanahan coaching tree, but it's interesting to see all these teams around the league with the Niners connections. It's, it's a bit strange for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, that leads us into potentially losing someone else. Steve Wilkes has, I think, been getting interviews and could well be getting more, uh, I think, with some of the openings that are coming up. Coming up, um, And depending on how he does in the next one, two, three games, uh, it just made me think there whether he might be a potential candidate at Washington in the next week or so as well. Do you think Wilkes is going to go? We talked about this, I think, one, one or two shows ago. I didn't think he would, but he's he's been getting that head coaching interest. Yeah, yeah. I actually agree with your original opinion on that I don't think he will go I don't think anybody will actually offer him a job um, I think they're going through the process uh, obviously the Art Rooney rule um, where they have to uh, interview so many so many coaches um, I think I don't think he'll get it I don't think he's the hot name I think Ben Johnson yeah. seems to be the favoured one he seems to want getting on interviews and like what Lee said Gareth they have to go through a process and you see all these names. I mean, he's been a head coach before. It's always interesting when you're the fan of a team like the Niners in the playoffs and the teams that are out. We had it when we were waiting for the Falcons run to end and we wanted Shanahan. So you kind of think, oh, just can you not wait until after the Super Bowl? But I suppose we were on an off week. I saw a few people frustrated that Wilkes was flying off and having interviews rather than preparing. But I think Shanahan gave a press conference, Gareth, that said, as soon as we know who we're facing and we now know it's the Packers, it's going to be 24-7, everyone back in the building and we're going to be focusing on that one. But, I mean, be sorry to see him go, but there's a few people, Lee. Richard Sherman could come back home. Personally, I think that's a bit too soon to bring Sherman in as a defensive coordinator, but it's 49 is Twitter. What 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 do you expect? <laughs> well, we... Uh... We seem to have just kept things moving throughout all these coaching losses. We worried about losing Salah, and then that disappeared as soon as we had uh, Ryan's, and we, we worried about losing Ryan's, and, and Wilkes, uh, I think, has been a good uh, replacement for him. Maybe he hasn't been quite the same defence, but it's it's been it's been good. So there's, there's something there in the, the way the organisation copes with these changes. I think 
perhaps a, a maybe not a good example is obviously Philadelphia, where they lose their offensive and defensive coordinators in the same season. And they don't look like the same team they were last year on either side of the ball and seem to be a little bit dysfunctional now. Um, and we, we haven't been having, having that. I don't think we've missed a beat through any of the coaching changes that we've had. Uh, and maybe I think Steve Wilkes was the first outside hire because uh, obviously uh, Ryan's had been with the organisation before. Maybe the, the expectation always was, look, we get these guys in. Our defence is so good, they're going to get jobs straight away. Maybe there is somebody else in the building who just needed another year behind a mentor like Steve Wilkes, and, and we'll have one of these unknowns come forward again. Um, because I'm, I'm fairly fairly confident we, we haven't been let down so far. Yeah, I, I just can't put my finger on who that person within the organisation might be. Don't know if Gareth has uh, dropped off there, but he's definitely frozen like he has the last couple of episodes. Um, he's competing for the screenshot of this week's episode. What did <laughs> such and such said? Gareth yeah. put his uh, front foot forwardly. <laughs> he has, he has. Um, if, if Steve Wilkes scores, Steve Wilkes scores, to be honest. Um, I think, I feel as though we haven't been as... A, as aggressive this year on defence, which is quite surprising considering the amount we've been blitzing. Um, but what I mean by that is it's just the whole team just don't look... They don't look as... Um, what what would be the word for it? They're just not in everybody's face like they were. They do step back quite a bit. They're not yeah, up in your I face know, all the time. I know what you mean. Um, yeah, and, and when Wilkes first came in, I, I think... Obviously, we went on that five-game unbeaten run to start the season, and then we we hit the skids for three games. And when that happened, you kind of everybody started questioning Wilkes, which was fair enough because the the defense, some of the play calling was uh, questionable to say the least. So if he goes, he goes. I agree. We're probably just going to bring somebody else in who'll seamlessly come in and, and run that defense. I just hope it looks more like a. Demeco Ryan's Robert Salah defense than a Steve Wilkes defense because I, I enjoyed watching their defenses a lot better. Yeah, I'm back. Apologies for the uh, the technicals. So um, I think we've probably covered everything. We might have a little have. bit of UK faithful news um, regarding a potential event in Leeds. Yeah, so have we, we definitely have some UK faithful news. Um, so obviously, if if we win the game on Saturday against the Green Bay Packers. There will be a meet-up in Leeds. It'll be in Leeds City Centre. It will not be Elland Road. Um, so you use that information however you want. Um, book some refundable hotels. So if we do happen to get beat by the Packers on Saturday night, you don't lose any money. Um, but obviously that game is going to be on a Sunday night, the NFC Championship game. Um, it's going to be a half 11 kickoff. So it's not going to finish till about half two, three o'clock in the morning. Um, so yeah, just bear that in mind as well. But there'll definitely be an official meetup for the NFC Championship game. Great stuff. Looking forward to that. Better not speak too soon though. Attempt no, fate. But but I think the confidence is there, isn't it? Um, but it I is. think that the game against the Packers could well be um, a bit of a cracker. I think, as you said, two young quarterbacks. We will talk about that in depth. So so the two of you can go and do a little bit of a deep dive, I think, in this week. I think we should all brush up on the Packers. Um, because, uh, as you said, Paul, I, I haven't paid that much attention to them because they started the league so the season so poorly. Um, 
I don't think they were really in contention until they came through uh, late at the end there um, and, the, and scraped in as the seventh seed. Um, but they've, they've got some momentum behind them. Um, so, yeah. They, they we'll... have, but they are very incons- inconsistent. They've never gone on a decent run of wins all season. Mm. But we're not going to jinx it now. And we're no, not going to no, go no. down the rabbit hole. It's It's been difficult, Gareth, running the social media accounts because we've been cautious, but we have been saying to people, I've seen posts about Super Bowl meetups, and it's like, I nearly Steady said on. it, Lee. I nearly said it. It's well known that we used to do our own, but because if the Niners get there, we're confident there'll be things to be planned, and that's what we keep saying to people. Like I, I keep getting invitations to local meetups, and I'm like, until I know who's in the Super Bowl, I'm not committing. I think everybody's in the same boat. And it's the same with the 28th. Yeah. We appreciate not everybody's going to be able to get up to Leeds. We're not asking you to do that. We're just saying that the team have said, this is what's going to happen. And once we know more information, we'll let you know. Lee was chuckling because this morning on my commute to work, Lee, one of the lads on Twitter, um, he sent me a message saying, oh, divisional game, half two kickoff. I looked at my phone and I thought, I'm pretty sure it's half 11. So I started Googling. So I sent Lee the screenshot of what I find. Lee's like, yeah, mate, we knew that last year. I was like, all right, just checking before I give the wrong information out. And like you said, the half 11 time has worried a few people because obviously it's a Sunday. Most venues only have a late license, which is the casino. But I'm guessing the team already knew this late before they reached out and said, this is what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, it's already organised. Yeah, it's already organised. So, and, and like I said to you on text as well, um, the Vikings, the Vikings meetup that was there for uh, there at the same time as the Falcons game last year. Um, obviously, their game was the late game, and it went into like I think it was quarter one, one o'clock in the morning. And um, but because it was a private event, they were allowed to stay open. So mm, once we know, we, we'll let you know. But it's a business end of the mm. season, Gareth. It's all exciting. And keep is, those yeah. Dallas Cowboys memes going. We're in Packers week, but until we drop that pod at the end of the week, please drop them till your heart content. And has anybody seen the footage of that well-known Dallas Cowboys fan throwing his jersey in the bin yet again? Skip Bayless, is it? How many jerseys has he gone through now? <laughs> well, he threw I haven't seen the skip. Four or five, five of them in the bin. I did Early enjoy the morning. obligatory Stephen A. Smith. Yeah, love um, Laughter, um, and I, I, I saw one where a guy just turned the TV off, um, but was quite emotional as he made his way out of his door with his wife going, Are you all right, hun? He's like, I'm fine, I'm going to go there. Yeah, I Stephen it. Smith did a half time one, uh, Gareth Way was pretty much laughing, and he tried to do the whole. Not yet, not yet. I thought he's gone too early. He might have jinxed it, but yeah, keep those memes coming, everybody. It's great to see. That's yeah. that's exactly what I had on my uh, outro bit. You've stolen my thunder there. So, um, but it is an annual event, and we would miss it if we couldn't milk it. So, uh, thank you, lads. I think that's pretty much covered everything. And thanks to everyone who listens and watches the show. We will be back to preview the divisional round, um, which will be, in case you've missed it, next Sunday morning at one fifteen a.m so not on a school night so I'm pleased the the way that that has uh, fallen for us so enjoy your week and do enjoy those Cowboys memes and go Niners go Niners bang bang Niners gang we love the San Francisco 49ers deep in the heart like Joe Montana in the corner deep Clark Garrison Hurst Stiff Farm going 99 don't get it twisted one and all with Rob Tom John Taylor Jerry Rice down the sideline